0: Future Europe. Fremtidens Europa.
1: Europa. Futur. Uh, uh, Zukunfts- Europa. Europa. Zukunftiges Europa.
0: L'Europe du futur.
1: Future Europe.
0: Alar, have you noticed that the way we eat is changing? I'll give you an example. My grandfather used to have a breakfast of bacon, fried eggs, blood sausage and fried bread. I eat toast and fruit in the morning. That sounds just a little bit healthier, but I guess your point is that we are eating healthier, right? And we don't want to die earlier. Yeah, you got Mm -hmm. it. But it isn't only health that changes the way we eat. Right. There's also the environment and sustainability. We have to grow enough food to feed the bigger and bigger population without destroying the ecosystem. Which is a very difficult balance. So what we're going to be looking at today is food in particular, how our farmers and supermarkets and restaurants going to have to change the way they produce and prepare food to make it more sustainable. So on this episode of Future Europe, how are you going to eat in the future? The idea of Future Europe is to give you a look into your future by showing you how companies and social groups and schools are preparing for a more sustainable world. All the projects we're looking at have been made possible by loans or grants from the eu in particular from the european investment bank the eu bank so one of the things that we'll be considering in every episode really is the link between a prosperous sustainable future and the european union that uh, that is what underlies this podcast that's right before we get into this episode however we have a quick request don't forget to subscribe to future europe We've got episodes on all kinds of stuff that will um, tell you what your life will be like in the future. And let us know what you think about the future. I'm on Twitter at EIB Matt, E-I-B-M-A-T-T. And Alar is at Alar Tankler, A-L-L-A-R-T-A-N-K-L-E-R. Now I'm starting to get hungry. Let's get on with the episode. Alar, do you ever eat a burger? Uh, Is the Pope Catholic? Yes, and he eats fish on a Friday, but I expect he has a burger once in a while when he really wants to let it all hang out of his cassock. What does your burger have on it? On the burger itself? Uh, Ketchup, mayonnaise, uh, a bit of lettuce, some tomato. What size is the slice of tomato? Well, ideally the same size as the burger. And What happens to the rest of that tomato? They can't use it on another burger because the burgers are all the same size. I guess it's wasted. Which is what's so interesting about a project we visited in the netherlands it's called the Fabrique, and it's a place where food that used to be wasted like the rest of the tomato for example is turned into good food that is a very good idea for sustainability it also has a social impact because a lot of the workers there are disabled we went along to the verspillingsfabrik factory i like saying that word Fabrique. you want to say it Verspillingsfabrik. Verspillingsfabrik. It's in the Netherlands. While we were there, we heard from the manager of the factory, from some of his workers, and from the local bank that loaned them some money. And from the guy at the European Investment Bank, the EIB, who made the loan to the local bank that let them help Verspillingsfabrik. Oh, I wanted to say that. What, Verspillingsfabrik? Stop saying Verspillingsfabrik. That's my thing. Let's go for for Verspillingsfabrik now.
2: We need to rethink how we produce food, how we distribute the food, and how we consume the food. Our our kids want to go to McDonald's, yes. and the only the middle slices of the tomato are being used for the you know the burgers and the Big Macs. What do they do with the, the other parts of the tomato? Nothing. What can be done of that fresh tomato? You know, soup, sauces. That's what Bob's doing. By rethinking the system, we can make something happen for consumers, for producers, and for farmers. And McDonald's is is very conscious, they're part of the task force, so they
1: want to be part of the solution. Hello, my name is Bob Hutton. I'm an entrepreneur in food and hospitality. He's
3: He's the big chief. He's the big chief.
1: So we have two things. First, the food waste factory. Uh, where we get the loan from the Rabobank, and second, the food waste system, where we can help every company, every supplier, every retailer, and and educate people to get rid of uh, food waste. Our belief is that when we work uh, together, then we can get rid of uh, 50% of the food waste in 2030. Two weeks ago, there was a farmer
3: who produced prunes. They were three millimeters too small. So the supermarket didn't bought the prunes. Three millimeters too small.
2: <laughs> so what I liked about the perspective of food waste is that I see a big opportunity. Instead of, you know, having a big debate on more
1: cultivating more land,
2: let's use what we have.
1: When I, when I started the waste factory, it was not to earn a lot of money. It, it was that we can work on an example, that we can show the world that it can be done. There are a lot of learnings, but all the knowledge we developed, we share with the rest of the world. So from meat to vegetables to fruit, from every part of the
2: food chain, something can be made in a tasteful way. So what you see here is cooking facilities, uh, packaging lines. So this has been financed by the EIB, not only the location, but especially the machinery, which we see here. My name is Henry Molina and I'm the manager of the Waste Factory. We make about 35-40 different kinds of soup each week, every week. Yeah, it's, it's very nice because uh, you create a lot of impact uh, in, the, in the food world in, uh, in the Netherlands. And um, I think it will be possible to make the next step to Europe and, and maybe worldwide. This year we've increased about uh, 150 percent. So uh, that's a lot. And here you see the, the soup being produced by the Food Waste Factory. This is soup of tomatoes, the part of the tomato not being used on the McDonald's hamburger. But here it becomes a very, very tasteful soup. And it's called Bastensvol. Bastensvol is being, you know, a lot of food in here, a lot of good food in
1: here. Heerlijk, en gezond, healthy.
2: Mm-hmm. And this is one of the other examples. It's about ketchup, because tomatoes ketchup. So why not use it as a product? Also beer is, is can be made from a lot of waste streams. Uh, so we see a lot of examples here as a sort of show of products that can be made. So that people get a feeling about what kind of products are we talking about, what kind of companies are we talking about. We have a lot of fun in the waste factory, always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: That's why I like
2: to be here. <laughs> and the people working in this facility, as you see, a couple of people walking around with of course a lot of clothes, making sure that food safety is, is okay. Uh, 70% of these people are, you know, have a certain disability, but c- still can cook. They can make food. They can package food.
1: They are proud that they can make these products here. This is an open system. Everybody is invited. I ask all the the biggest companies, the smartest people, to give time to think about food waste and to reconsider the system, and for me, I can do something about it, a a waste factory, but it's a small solution. But I think when we do our best, then you can let it grow, and I think thats uh, that has to become the new reality of uh, fighting against food waste, or the new food reality is better.
0: So in the future, food that now goes to waste will be reused. That's good to know. It is, isn't it? But where will that food come from in the first place? How will we grow it? And will there be enough? We went to a Danish company called Halder Topso. They've got some good ideas on this subject. They make these special catalysts for synthetic fertilizers, right? Right, and they're trying to balance the need to produce a lot of food for the world's growing population with the equally important need not to destroy the environment. They're also working on ways to make plastic that is actually from biomass from natural materials. Here's how one of the company's top scientists, Kurt Christensen, explains it.
3: On the long term, we would like a world without the need for synthetic fertilizers. But without synthetic fertilizers, we will lose half the globe's population. A catalyst, this is a material that will enhance the chemical reaction rate. And in this way, it will enable us to make chemistry happen that was not uh, possible without the catalyst. Natural gas taken from the the earth and nitrogen from the air, they are combined to eventually form ammonia used in the fertilizer industry. It's estimated that without the synthetic fertilizers that's produced today, the globe would support around 4 billion people. And we're actually 7.7 billion people today So this uh, has made a huge uh, impact. The the real purpose of this is that uh, if we make plastic out of biomass, when this becomes CO2, the plants will actually take up this CO2 again. So this is a a real uh, sustainable cycle for CO2 and plastic.
0: This project, I think we can agree, has a lot of potential to improve the future it needs a lot of expensive research and development work, which is why Haldor Topso works with the EU bank, the European Investment Bank, to finance its work. Right, the loan from the EU bank, the European Investment Bank, allows Haldor Topso to develop a new chemical process to create plastics from sugarcane, which cuts dependence on highly polluting fossil fuels. It helps them develop more efficient catalysts to produce clean fuels, and more efficient method for the production of ammonia which is used in fertilizers and consumes a lot of energy. As much as 2% of all the energy consumed in the world is for the production of ammonia, so cutting that is a big deal. So the EU's role in financing this is important. Let's hear from the head of the company's treasury, Karsten Andersen. When we we lined up the application for our most recent funding with EIB, 75 million euros, The thinking was that uh, in our search for diversification of our funding base and our previous experience with EIB, we wanted to utilize their funding programs because it's flexible, it's cheap and easy to work with. Okay, so you produce the food with new fertilizers so that you can grow enough to feed everyone on the planet and you can do this without damaging the environment but once you've brought in the crop, you've still got to process it for people to eat it which uses a lot of energy and creates a lot of waste. I have a very smart new project to tell you about. Mm. It's in Bulgaria. And it creates a kind of a circle in the production of sunflower oil. This is the company called Oliva, right? That's right. So when you crush sunflower seeds, you drain off the oil so that people can use it for, you know, frying and cooking. Mm, But you're still left with the husks, the bit that used to contain the seed. What do you do with that? Exactly. At Oliva, they have a new factory that burns the husks as biomass. The biomass makes steam, and the steam drives the machines that crush the sunflower seeds. That's the circle you mentioned. Do you know how much a sunflower seed weighs? Um, I have one in my mouth now, and I, I would say it's about 0.05 gram. Your tongue is sensitive and accurate. And you also speak very clearly for a man with a mouthful of seeds. So it must take some pretty complex machinery to check a huge pile, tons and tons of seeds, to make sure that there are only seeds in there, nothing else that's going to contaminate the oil. It does. And that's another reason why the Soliva factory is a very expensive facility that was financed by a 31 million euro loan from the European Investment Bank, the EU bank. That's what Ivo Ivanov, the production director at the factory in Varna, Bulgaria, told us. They
2: should be processed in a very hygienic condition with the very special machines which are guaranteed that on the end we will not have any metals, any plastic, any paper and wood on the product and they are suitable directly to the consumption of the final user. We invest in a lot of machines, especially produced for safety of the product they
1: go through color and laser sorters, through X-ray. We check it every single seed. Yes, every seed. My name is Kwasimir Yachkov and uh, I am the boiler house manager uh, of the plant. So here is the boiler house. We have the biomass boilers uh, and uh, we are producing steam for the process. The boiler house basically is the heart of the plant, because without steam we cannot produce oil. Yeah, basically we are, we are uh, burning a biomass, which is, uh, is uh, very good uh, because we don't have the waste. So it's, uh, it's almost a closed circle. By using sunflower house uh, for heat production, we achieve our major goal. This is zero waste and zero emission production. So when you calculated uh, the greenhouse gas pollution that, are, that are, came from our production, we are very environmental friendly. So that's why we are under sustainability certification. EIB gives us the comfort and the financing to do our investment in the way we plan to do it. They gave us the full support and uh, the stability of uh, the biggest European institution.
0: this factory actually doubles the production capacity of the company. Well, one important thing about this factory is that Bulgaria used to produce a lot of sunflower seeds, but they had to export the seeds to other countries for processing. That meant the processing jobs and the value earned by processing the seeds were no longer in Bulgaria. Now, they remain in Bulgaria. So this is a project that creates jobs too. And that's something we should note about loans like this one, they, they create jobs. Yeah, they do. So look, let's get a bit geeky here, if we haven't been geeky up to now. Now this is the geeky bit. I've got some numbers from Our Economist. By 2021, investments signed by the European Investment Bank Group in 2017 alone are expected to have raised EU GDP by 1.1%. Impressed? I am. So just wait. Those same loans from the EU bank will also have created 1.2 million jobs. Even in 2036, there will still be a 0.7% increase in EU GDP as a result of the European Investment Bank's 2017 investments, as well as 650,000 extra jobs, jobs like the guys in the Netherlands, Denmark, and Bulgaria from whom we've been hearing on this episode. We hope you'll listen to more from uh, Future Europe on iTunes, Maycast, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. And do us a big favor and rate the podcast on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And be in touch with us on Twitter. I'm at Dollar Tankler and Matt is at D-I-B Matt. Now we're going to have to eat a burger, right? No, we have to record our next episode. Uh, the one on how we'll educate our kids in the future. That's it. But but here, if you're hungry, uh, I've got some uh, sunflower seeds to chew on. Are they Bulgarian
1: seeds? them de la
0: Banca Europeană From the
1: European Investment
3: Bank.